Everybody, this is Dan Tronchek with the Taking Care of Business podcast. And you probably might hear some stuff in the background because we're actually doing one of those, I like to say a live remote, but it's not actually live. So it's just really a remote. But we are parked in the really cool kind of back room uh, entertainment area of High Cotton Brewing Company down in Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, kind of a interesting, yeah, there's some of that background ambient effect um, where we're going to be talking to uh, both Ryan Staggs from High Cotton, uh, who's a brewer, and we're going to be talking to, coincidentally, Boyden Moore from Orgel, uh, <laughs> who is not a brewer, but uh, has a great deal of experience drinking beers. And we're going to talk about Orgel's 175th anniversary and the special uh, tribute that is part of that anniversary. So hang tight and uh, listen to this uh, spot from our sponsor, and we will be back in a minute to talk about beer and hardware distribution. When you grow a garden with Schultz products, you reap a bountiful crop of benefits for your customer and your business. The signature dropper applicator allows you to feed every time you water. Just seven drops per quart of water delivers vital micronutrients every time you feed. Schultz liquid plant food is available through hardware co-ops and lawn and garden distributors nationwide. For more information, go to knoxfurt.com Schultz. All right, everybody, welcome back. And uh, like I said, we're going to try and do some crowd control here because we are in a uh, brewery. Very nice upscale brewery, kind of like like nice inner city uh, kind of vibe here with brick walls and rustic lighting and and reclaimed hardwood. And we're talking with Ryan Staggs, uh, High Cotton Brewing in Memphis, Tennessee. Ryan, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. well, first, I want to start out by you're probably not used this. This may be your first time being interviewed on a podcast for the hardware industry. I'm just guessing there. That would be an absolute first. <laughs> Ryan, why don't you tell us a little bit about, well, let's talk first about High Cotton Brewing. Um, tell us a little bit about the company, what you do here, kind of how you are involved with the company and and what you guys are all about. So High Cotton Brewing is, uh, well, it. it is Memphis's second craft brewery ever. So oh, wow. we okay. opened up uh, in 2012 and um, me and a couple of guys at Homebrew uh, kind of got a crazy idea and right place, right time, ended up working out financing and a location and equipment, et cetera, and literally got to take a hobby and a dream to become a reality. And uh, High Cotton everybody that's a part of this company is is born and raised Memphians. So it's truly local, not just we have a business that occupies an area that uh, we want other people to come to in the same area, right? Like we are inherently not part of Anheuser. Not at all. (laughs) Not at all. Um, Actually, on the side of our cans, you'll see that it actually says certified independent. Um, So we are not a part of anything quite like that at all. Anyway, back to the back to high cotton. So uh, everybody's born and raised Memphians. And so High Cotton really came from the idea of Memphis itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Memphis was born on the cotton industry. Yeah. And right. so uh, and High Cotton meant that it, there was a bumper crop. So you got more cotton from an acre of land, theoretically, than you expected. So if you were in High Cotton, you were prosperous or, or successful. And so uh, being Memphians and it seemed like a natural thing, right? We wanted our business to be prosperous. 
and uh, we wanted to pay tribute to our hometown. So high cotton it was. And uh, nice. here we are today. Well, it's a beautiful facility. Like I said, Thank it's kind of hard to describe it, but it's got that very cool kind of kind of urban but rustic uh, blended together and uh, and and a great, great venue, I'd imagine, for Absolutely. entertaining and just drinking some beers. Absolutely. It's definitely in an older part of town. And we speculate that the building's over 100 years old. Oh, okay. I think 1909 is when we hear. You know, obviously, okay. we don't have any record of that. But um, yeah, it's got an old, definitely an old vibe to it. And that's what we really liked. Uh, but it's got a, a big enough space that we're able to put a put a production facility into. So, well, tell us a little bit about uh, how you got involved with with Orgel. I mean, Orgel's also uh, kind of an institution in, in the in the Memphis area, Absolutely. Uh, celebrating 175 years this year. And tell us how you kind of your, your paths kind of crossed and and you kind of came to where we are right now that you guys have brewed a couple of uh, custom <laughs> custom beers for the uh, Orgel anniversary. It's almost like the birth of our company, right? I mean, it was um, right place, right time. I was fortunate enough uh, to be involved in working with these guys to entertain clients, customers, call them what you want. And um, we had a great time, did a tour, did a tasting, uh, checked out the facility. We learned about beer, drank plenty of beer. (laughs) And um, people like to talk about beer in a lot of different ways, but here at High Cotton, we like to think we sell a good time and yeah. it's uh, beer happens to be social lubrication, right? So <laughs> for sure, um, I think everybody was well lubricated and we the, the gears started turning and ideas started coming out and people had the idea that uh, maybe Orgel should have their own beer. And in the back of my mind, uh, it's not to pat myself on the back, right? Like we've had people ask about this, right? And frequently. I think people get the wrong idea that while we are local and we are a small brewery, relatively speaking, beer is still a commodity. We still make a fair amount of right, it. Right. Okay. Right. So like an average person wouldn't be able to come up and say, hey, Ryan, can make you a make a Dan beer? Yeah. Can yeah. you make a Dan beer for my, uh, you know, 38th birthday? I mean, you yeah. look like you're barely even 37. <laughs> um, but yeah, for his Dan's 38. Yeah, okay. And it's like, well, how many friends you got, Dan? Yeah. <laughs> because uh it's getting kind of personal right yeah <laughs> no and so uh anyway long story short volumetrically it doesn't make a lot of sense right. for us to get into these little small you're not making five cases of beer we are absolutely yeah, yeah, not yeah, okay so uh turns out orgle has got a lot more friends than dan does <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> that's for sure yeah and uh i'm, I'm joking right I'm, I'm kidding they uh but they do want to party right. and they want to have a good time and they want to most importantly to commemorate their uh, their organization and their founders. So that's kind of how this whole thing came about. So, so tell me a little bit about the process. Um, I, I'm sure the Oracle team was down here multiple times to, to sample beers and, and to kind of direct it. But you're the you're the expert here. So how did you work with them to say, OK, we're going to develop two years. And, and by the way, just to put some context into it. Um, the two beers that Orgel developed were were to to not only honor their 175th anniversary, but also to honor uh, some of the leaders of of the company. And, and one beer uh, is named for Mike McDonald, who was an influential leader with Orgel, and the other was is of course for Joe Orgel. And and so you developed a Mike and a Joe. That's correct. So so tell us a little bit about the two different characters of those beers, and how did you guys like 
come up with this is a good idea for the mic and this might work for the Joe? And what was that process like? It was uh, it was honestly the most flattering part about it. Yeah. Boyden uh, had mentioned how much he had liked particular beers that we regularly make. Okay. And um, speaking of Mike, it was our, our Scottish ale is one Boyden had mentioned that he really, really liked. Uh-huh. It's a it's a dark kind of amber ale. It's roasty. It's toffee like it's got a lot of body, but still finishes clean. Yeah. And um, it, it's something that I actually developed a recipe for in my garage while I was home. Oh, nice. OK. And so we made an adaptation of that beer based on. So that was kind of the basis of what you said. Exactly. Let's take our Scottish ale and, 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 Ex- and turn some dials and, and create something uh, that would become the mic. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's it's hard to argue with what works. And if a customer has a particular taste or profile in mind, then let's let's meet it. Yeah. And so that's kind of how Mike was uh, Mike Strong Ale was born. Well, and, and, and Joe is a completely different kind of profile. Talk to us a little bit about that. And so, Joe, um, our uh, we also make year round a Mexican lager, you know, much like a Modelo or mm-hmm. a Pacifico. You know, squeeze a lime in it, drink it by the pool, you know, have six or eight after you cut the grass, maybe 10 <laughs> if you're avoiding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And uh, that's me. I'll drink at least 10 after cutting the grass. You're kidding. Boyd would never <laughs> cut the grass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so. Um, Foaming gator. Yeah, there we go. We. Uh, so our Mexican lager is another year round offering. And coincidentally. It's something that Boyden uh, also mentioned that he truly enjoyed. It's between the Scottish Shale and our Mexican lager. They go back and forth, but but depending on the season as our number one seller. Yeah. And so he had mentioned that one as well. And I said, man, that's a great choice. It is definitely a crowd pleaser. And uh, let's let's take those bones and, and work with that. And let's try to make Joe like make him a nice, light, smooth lager. So we're here we are. We have a we have a mic and we have a Joe right now. We're we're sampling the the mic and I'll say the character you described it very well. It's a very uh, uh, interesting take on a Scottish ale. It is very roasty and kind of perfect kind of weather right now to be Absolutely. drinking that. Um, uh, were, were you when you kind of got to the finished product? Um, were you happy, obviously, with where that came to and what you do you think it really kind of represented what you wanted to do with the beers when you set out to do it? 100%. And again, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but it's um, brewing beer is a lot like cooking. Okay. When you've got a certain amount of tools or ingredients or variables, if you're talking equations, right, to work with, um, and you work with them so frequently, you really learn the outcome. Right. And so we felt confident after talking with the guys at Oracle in our expertise in this area, uh, we felt confident that we could nail literally. Yeah. And figuratively right <laughs> no pun intended we could nail this for him yeah and so uh very happy to answer your question with the outcome but we felt strongly that we could make this happen for them 100 percent. And, and i can uh, the proof is in the drinking and i can say this is a very fine uh very fine beer i'm sampling so thank you sir so uh thank you for talking to us about the process lastly before we move on to talking to boyden a little bit i wanted to ask you about High Cotton Brewing and, you know, where do the products sold? What if someone wants to learn more about the company? I mean, your guys are what, what I think is really cool about it, too, is is Oracle represents and works with independent uh, home improvement retailers. Our organization is all about independent helping independents and you guys are an independent. So, you know, business wise, it's a really good fit and a really good representation. So if someone wants to learn more about High Cotton, where do they go to learn? 
High Cotton Brewing has its own website, thankfully. Yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> right. we're, we got one of those www's. So <laughs> highcottonbrewing.com is, uh, is a good place to find us. Uh, we also have High Cotton Brewing on Instagram, Facebook, okay. uh, Twitter. So you can find us on your typical social media channels. And uh, lastly, you know, if you're in Memphis area, we'd love for you to swing by. We're um, not we're right in downtown Memphis at 598 Monroe, uh, just east of the ballpark. So we'd love to have you down. It's a great, uh, great place to stop in. And uh, tourists like to come by, too, because yeah. there's Sun Studio literally a block away. So oh, we're Elvis right. and okay. Johnny Cash and everybody else uh, had to got to record. We're just a block away. So if you're you're in Memphis and you want to try and sample some really good beers and do it in a really kind of cool setting, uh, right amidst all the other cool stuff you can find in downtown Memphis, make sure you stop by High Cotton Brewing. Uh, Ryan, I appreciate you talking to us today, and and thank you for giving us this beer. The uh, pleasure, great, great representation. Mine. Thank you. Yeah, you guys are so welcome. Glad to to be a part of it, and thanks to the guys here at Orgel. We've uh, it's been a it's been a great experience, and we've. This is actually our first private label. That's kind of what the industry calls this, a private, private label. Private label, sure. Okay, product. so you guys really haven't done this for any other companies to this we, point. We yeah. have not. And, nice. uh, you know, if the shoe fits, right? Yeah. You just wear it and, it, and it fit. And the guys at Oracle have been so great to work with and flattered that we've been able to help celebrate such a monumentous. Well, I think you guys did a did a great job. Like I said, uh, I think we can probably push back a couple more of these while we're, while we're, while we're talking to Boyd here. I'm trying to, yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks so much, Ryan. The National Harbor Show will return to the Las Vegas Convention Center in the West Hall on April 5th through the 7th, 2022, for its 76th edition. Whether you're looking to reconnect with customers and colleagues, discover the latest trends in the hardware and home improvement industry, or explore new products and innovations, NHS will provide you with the tools you need to grow your business. Register today at nhs22.com NHPA. You can also stay up to date all year round with the NHS community through NHS Connects, our digital hub for insight, discovery, information, and connection. All right, now we learned the process and the skills that went into making this. Let's talk a little bit about the inspiration. So yeah, now no, we have no boy, skills on that. <laughs> you have decades of skill crafting a palate that can discern uh, what direction, what 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 beer tastes like 175 years. Um, Boyd Moore, President and CEO of Oracle, joining us on the program, uh, return guest. Thank you for uh, glad to be back. back. Glad to be back. Um, and if you I invite like me this, to a brewery. I mean, I'm going to come. I, right? know, I, I like this setting. Um, for doing we we need to do more of these podcasts hey, but it's a it's great. a pretty unique is this the first this is the first time we've 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 done this in a brewery oh, yeah it it's, probably it's, won't uh, be the last no i i think it's like i said i think it's setting up a whole new series <laughs> that we can we can think about doing but uh let's talk for a little bit about these fine uh beverages that we've been sipping on and and tell us a little bit about where the idea came about uh you know we're going to get into the 175th anniversary and kind of how that plays into the, yeah. the business aspect of, uh, of Oracle and what kind of, kind of frames what you guys are and where you're going. But before we get serious, before we bring it down, let's talk a little bit about this idea to commemorate that and to commemorate some, some of Oracle's, uh, meaningful leadership uh with 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 beers where did that idea even come up? Yeah. Well, like Ryan said, we had, we had some customers in town, um, 
that uh, we brought down to the brewery to tour as part of, uh, you know, just having some fun in Memphis together. And uh, Ryan did a great job uh, walking us through what he's doing here at High Cotton. We had a great afternoon with about 12, 12 customers that were in a, in a group that they happened to all be customers of us, ours, and, and they had their meeting in Memphis. And uh, one of those customers, uh, while we were, were here, uh, tasting the beer and listening to Ryan about how, uh, what he goes through making it. Uh, we were talking about 175th anniversary of, uh, Orville. And he said, you know, you should get, you should get him to make a beer for you. Yeah. So what a great idea. And so literally same day, I was like, Hey man, what do you think about this? And Ryan, Ryan was in. So, uh, we, uh, then that evolved from, well, I, why have one, you know, uh, we should have two. And, we had we had lost uh, Mike McDonald just in the fall, right. and of course Joe Orville had passed away a little more than three years ago. Um, and that generation of leadership of the of the business, that fourth generation, had really been the generation that took Orville to to what we are today. Right. And so, having the idea to uh, to commemorate those two men who led that growth. Uh, you know, I don't know. It was a bunch of us just sitting around talking about it, really. And um, so then we we uh, brought a bunch of folks down to the brewery and tasted all of Ryan's uh, beers to see which ones might. Well, you got to do a lot of research. Yeah, you got to. You got to jump into something. You don't just do something halfway, right? <laughs> right. You want to do it right. So, so we we uh, we spent some time trying to think which which of his beers most closely resembled. The men we knew, uh, Joe, <laughs> Joe and Mike, and Mike, and uh, so we felt like uh, a smooth lager was was Joe. Joe was a smooth guy, and <laughs> a strong ale was Mike. And uh, so, you know, before we got any further down the road, I, <laughs> I actually reached out to the family and said, uh, "Yeah, hey, you know, we we're thinking about doing this. What do you think about this?" And they said, "Oh, we would, we think that's pretty cool." So, oh, that's uh, great. Yeah. yeah, so we've had a lot of fun with it, uh, and uh, shout out to our friends at Rings In, our customers there, um, Colin uh, Campbell and Rob Campbell Jr., who were who are the ones that really had the idea pushing me to go do it. And you know, I'll, I'll take a minute to say that all of our best ideas actually come from our customers; they're not really <laughs> ours, but. And this is another example of that. And one hundred percent of your best alcohol-related ideas. That's uh, well, that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we're we're sitting here right now, and we're literally days away from your dealer market, and uh, it, meaningful on a couple of fronts. One, uh, I just talked to you a week ago, kind of talking about the significance of coming back to a live event yeah. um, after a, a two-year uh, COVID-related uh, kind of hiatus from live events. But also this being a live event where you get to bring everybody together, but you also get to celebrate this this huge milestone for the company, this 175 years. Um, talk to us about a little bit about what can dealers expect when they get down to Orlando and and how does the beer figure prominently into those expectations? Well, the beer, the beer is going to be available uh, uh, Friday night at our, our party uh, at Universal Studios with our customers and our vendors. We're really looking forward to that. Uh, but, um, you know. We really got lucky. Uh, we had one of the last shows right before was, COVID broke being there, yeah. in, <laughs> in uh, February, late February of uh, 2020, and we we were nervous 
putting this on the calendar, especially as COVID started spiking with the Omicron uh, variant. But we were fortunate to see those cases down. We're, I was really pleased uh, that we, we only have 43 cases uh, among 6,600 employees. And we've seen that drop from 200 just in the last two weeks. So mm-hmm. we're seeing the same thing in the company that the country's seeing. And, uh, you know, we've got great registration. We're excited that people are, are beginning to be more comfortable with what's going on uh-huh. from, a, from a COVID standpoint. And, um, you know, Universal's just changed their requirements in the park to okay. recommend masks instead of require masks indoors. So we're excited about some of those developments. And, uh, yeah, we, 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 all signs are pointing for this to be, you know, our biggest in-person show ever. But it's not just that. It's on top of a, an online experience as well. Yeah, both going is, on at the same time. Which is, this will be the first time that we've done that. So we're excited about that as well. Um, you know, it, it's kind of interesting because when we talked a couple of weeks ago, you had pointed out that uh, uh, this isn't, and certainly not making light of it, it's just an illustration of the, of the longevity of a company like Oracle. But this isn't the first pandemic that the company has dealt with. I, I, I mean, you know, obviously referring to the, the early 1900s uh, yeah. uh, pandemic. Um, and, and, and when you look at that kind of history at a company, how does that kind of inform what you guys are doing right now? And I know you guys have always been, been very much whenever, whenever someone like me in the media reaches out and say, Hey, let's talk about this. You're like, well, you know, our past is great and it's, it, it, we have a great legacy, but we really want to focus on the future. But how do you use kind of, kind of that 175 years of institutional learning and institutional knowledge to inform what you're doing today? Well, I think uh, one of the things that Joe said in, in, a, in a speech he gave in 2018, that I think answers that better than I could was that that, that ability to make change our friend right. was, was part of Orgel's DNA. And that, that a lot of people, when they're, when they're dealt with change, don't know what to do, but but Orville's been fortunate to uh, to always ride change into a, a strategic advantage position, and I think this has been the case uh, for us for a long time. Whether whether it's yellow fever uh, epidemic here in uh, Memphis, or you know managing through the Civil War or World Wars, and um, you know all all of that's inspirational when when you look back at what leaders had to do to overcome. Um, challenging, um, far more challenging situations than what we've dealt with over the last two years. But, you know, in my career, this is the most I've ever dealt with. Sure. So it's hard, it's hard, it's <laughs> yeah. hard to imagine, but, uh, but the company does have a, a history of grit and, and Memphis is a city that's kind of known for grit and grind. And so, you know, not surprising. That's where Orville's from. Well, and, and even though obviously the, the, the leadership, and the people have changed mostly throughout the 175 years of the company. It's, it's kind of like that idea of like, you know, there's this institutional, like I said, institutional knowledge, or there's this kind of veteran sort of experience that's passed along that, 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 that everything becomes sort of cyclical. You can say, listen, we made it through this. We made it through this. Of course, we're going to make it through this. And, right. and, uh, and if you had to look ahead three, five years, where would you kind of like to see Oracle? I, I, I mean, I, I always say post-pandemic, and I know we're not post-pandemic, but, but where do you think and how do you think Oracle's going to be different three to five years from now? Well, I think, I think what Oracle's always been is so focused on our customers. Mm-hmm. 
that we go where they where they need us to go. And uh, you know, and there's been a lot of changes and a lot of evolution over the years of of uh, of what Orgo's done to be successful. And but it's always been based on that that company culture and our mission statement of of uh, being focused on our customer success. Right. So um, I would say that uh, that we'll continue to evolve that way. We'll we'll be very uh, quick to listen to what our customers need and understand how to make them successful in in uh, their competition with the big boxes and in their market. So that's that's what's worked for Orville for a long time. And when we talk about what's in our our DNA, it's it's help our customers be successful and uh, and evolve in whatever way you need to to make that happen. Well, uh, one of the things I want to touch on, too, that um, is going to kind of be a first at this upcoming market. Obviously, the uh, the beer will be a first at the upcoming market. I don't think it's going to be served at the market, <laughs> but maybe it can sneak its way onto the floor. But something else I thought was interesting is one of the things you guys markets are known for are kind of the concept stores yeah. and and where you have these real um full blown different store types that you that, that you really showcase on the on the uh, market floor so uh, attendees can see kind of all the products the programs coming together in one place you guys are soon doing something a little bit different with that this year in that you're actually taking in, in the past these have been concepts real but they're really concepts it's you know boyden's hardware and all these different right, kind of yeah. kind of things but this year you guys are actually taking brands that are part of the CNRG kind of family of brands and showcasing those as the, as the model stores. Tell us a little bit about that. And how does that kind of like represent what you guys are doing with, with CNRG? Well, I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a perfect illustration of exactly what we're doing with CNRG and how CNRG works to toward our mission to help our customers be successful. So, we have two stores that'll be on the market floor. One is our Lumberjack stores uh, in Michigan. It's a mm -hmm. pro-focused uh, brand just north of Detroit, uh, a few stores uh, based out of Algonac. And um, so that's a real operating store with real results that, that we can share. Uh, this is how we do what we do in those stores for inspiration with our dealers and with real results. Not maybe this will work right. or, you know, this is, here's yeah, a prototype. A concept we, it, right, right, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and also bringing real employees from, from these brands oh, okay. into the stores to talk about the brand as well. The other, the other concept store is uh, our town and country hardware store, which we acquired in uh, 2012. Okay. And uh, those were uh, already successful stores, but they've been, even more successful. We, we've been comp positive in those stores for 10 years okay. and uh, really grown what we've been doing uh, with those stores. It's a kind of a typical suburban hardware store. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll have employees uh, from that brand in that store as well. Um, like I said, inspired, not perfectly the same as what's in that store, but inspired by that store. And they can kind of talk through what the differences may be uh, specifically. But also we'll have um, in that store real a real working model of our new loyalty program, oh, fan builder, right? Yeah. Okay. So we'll we'll have uh, the opportunity to actually go through the register and actually see how that works, so that our dealers can see that. Um, you know, we we want to demonstrate success with things that we offer to our dealers inside of CNRG, prove it, 
and then offer those those solutions for our customers. So, I, I mean, I know when we t- spoke last, I, I don't remember if it was you or Greg or someone on the team that had mentioned this is an illustration or example of how we're utilizing the CNRG lab. And I thought that was an interesting kind of phrase that was used, the CNRG lab. What do you what do you kind of mean yeah. by that? Well, we do all kinds of things we, where something is oriented into the store in the assortments or, or what promotions are or what end caps work and what end caps don't work. Uh, all of those are things that we do actively inside of CNRG that inform the programs that we offer our dealers. Now we're working toward sharing more of that real world experience from CNRG through case studies and so forth. So that what works for, I mean, these are all different brands. One of the things that I love about Oracle is all of our customers are just so different. Um, not one of them is exactly right. like, you know, another. And they've taken the time to, to invest in exactly what's right for their community, for their market, uh, which is exactly what we do with all the different brands inside of CNRG. It, it makes us better as a supplier, not only of goods and assortments and pricing and everything else, but also... Uh, with retail services. And so this is information that you guys use that that impacts the programs that they're, you're then rolling out to Oracle customers in general. Yeah, that's right. So so going from kind of the retail lab to the uh, brewing and uh, potable labs, <laughs> if, <laughs> if we're looking, we're talking about the future. Um, if you're going to look 25 years, however long down the road it is, when Oracle is perhaps considering, maybe it's their uh, 200th anniversary, and yeah. they're considering a right. Boyden Moore related no, no. drink. No, no, perhaps there won't be. There won't be, <laughs> there won't be a Boyden Moore. <laughs> what do you think would be an appropriate uh, tribute to, no, to your uh, style? I, I, no, no tributes needed. These, these guys uh, earned warm a glass of tap water, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> No, but uh, yeah. Well, there is a there is a distillery in Memphis as well. Maybe we should talk to those guys at some point about a, a Memphis toddy. I, I think um, I think uh, perhaps we should after we finish up at the brewery go check out the distillery and, and start that process. Yeah, we should start that laboratory work uh, right Probably away. Probably best we don't do any more recording. Yet. <laughs> Boyd, uh, a fun podcast. Thank you so much for being on and sharing uh, not just. Uh, what you guys have done that's a re- very unique tribute to two individuals who have shaped not only Oracle, but really uh, the way distribution yes. in this industry works. A very unique tribute to them a- a- and a fun way to celebrate not just their contributions, but your company's 175th anniversary. So thank yeah. you for taking the time to talk to us. Hey, great. Always great to be with you, Dan. Look forward to seeing you in Orlando. Did you know that NHPA has a marketplace for buying and selling independent home improvement stores and posting jobs? The NHPA Retail Marketplace is the best option for whatever step you may be taking with your business. If you're looking to fill key positions in your operation, expanding your business to more locations, or looking for an exit strategy, the Marketplace can help you reach the industry's 40,000 retailers who are highly motivated and well-versed in home improvement retailing. And now, through March 31st, you can save 25% on any listing option. Learn more or get your listing today at yournhpa.org marketplace.